Hey, do we dare? Do we dare do it? Do we go to episode show number 25 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast, season number four? Talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars trying to make sense out of it all. March free agency, for all intents and purposes, is kind of come and gone with the Jags mainly re-signing some of their own players, signing some second and third tier free agents because they lost a handful of guys or three main guys. Um, they did keep Evan Ingram, obviously, on the franchise tag. They've re-signed your Michael Hasty, the backup running back. Um, they traded for Calvin Ridley, who should be the number one receiver, and a close 1B guy is going to be Christian Kirk. I mean, Ridley and Kirk are both going to be highly involved in the offense, along with Zay Jones, the number three guy. Your tight end, at least for one more year, Evan Ingram. And as far as Arden Key going to Tennessee, they weren't going to be able to keep Key and Evan Ingram. That's kind of what I'm thinking. And you weren't going to be able to give a big a big $60 million uh, fully guaranteed bag to um, Juwan Taylor. The jury's still out on that move. But, you know, Andy Reid's with Kansas City's pretty shrewd. Um, the Jaguars lost Chris Manhurts, blocking tight end who catches an occasional pass. They lost him to Denver. They're going to miss him. He's a very good blocking tight end. The Jags will either promote somebody in their tight end room or most likely sign a guy or draft a guy. I mean, I think the Jags will draft a tight end, probably not that early since they're kind of committed to Evan Ingram with this franchise tag thing right now. The Jags have signed a couple of second and third tier defensive linemen, predominantly, um, you know, predominantly backup guys, um, you know, that they have signed. Let's see, they you know, got a couple of backup, backup guys. Um, and uh, we know about Evan Ingram being franchise tagged. And let's see, the backup guys, uh, what's the guy's name? Dogby has been signed as a, as a backup guy uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, you got Dogby out there who played with, uh, Let's see, Dogby played with Arizona, I believe. And the Jags have signed, you know, they've signed some, obviously, some second and third tier free agents like Michael Dogby. That's right. Michael Dogby played with the Arizona Cardinals, had about 282 snaps last year in a reserve role, but, but got a lot of play kind of on a rotational basis on the defensive line. Similar guy, 249 snaps with um, the New York Giants last year. Henry Mondo, I believe his name is. So the Jags have got a couple of defensive linemen. They're, they're going to be there to kind of fill the void. Maybe these are guys young enough, and they are still young, that they can uh, develop and be even better. But they're second and third tier free agents. Um, so the Jags, you know, the Jags need to draft a good defensive lineman too. However, everything right now, in my opinion, is pointing toward pick number 24 to be, without a doubt, an offensive lineman. Got to be Juwan Taylor's now with the Kansas City Chiefs, the right tackle. I think the Jags got us, and they're right right at a good position at number 24. There's going to be a good offensive lineman there. Please, let's go get an offensive lineman. I don't make that decision. General Manager Trent Baalke does. 
But I'm sure as he looks over the roster, he's got to get a guy that can play probably both guard and tackle. Now, Walker Little could play right tackle. You, you know, hopes are that Cam Robinson is healthy by my training camp to play left tackle. And that's some of what's going on with the, the Jaguars today. We're brought to you by Elegant Time Travel, Dark Diamond Entertainment. If you want to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, make sure you contact our good friend, D.D. Uh, D. McDermott. If you want to take a tour of the Pro Football Hall of Fame Museum, hey, this is your opportunity. You'll get to see the old uniforms, the old films, the old helmets, the busts of the, you know, the head statues, the busts of the players that have made the Hall of Fame. I'm assuming they've got a bust of every player, even going back to, you know, way back, way back when, right? Um, Didi's phone number, you can find it in our website. We'll also give you the phone number. You go to bigjreport.com. Uh, scroll below Coach Billy Napier, who's really got to turn it around in year two for him. Six and seven for the Florida Gators. Man, ain't going to cut it, right? My feeling is Napier's got to get eight wins this year and probably 10 wins a third year. So we take a look at the, the trip. You can book your trip by contacting D.D. McDermott. It's 904-442-3810, 904-442-3810. The trip is uh, tentatively, tentatively scheduled for June 8th through June the 12th. He's got to get enough guys to sign up. You know that. And they're going to have a great time. Call D.D. He's putting this trip together to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Get the latest on the trip. Um. Any questions, concerns, or if you want to book the trip, go ahead and book the trip. It will really, you know, help the trip develop and be ready to go June the 8th or June the 12th. Contact D.D. McDermott. D.D.'s phone number, again, he's got a 904 number right here in Jacksonville and Duval in North Florida. 904-442-3810. 904-442-3810. Contact D.D. McDermott. About the Hall of Fame trip he's putting together for Canton, Ohio, June the 8th through June the 12th. Four days, three nights, free breakfast in the morning. He mentioned the hotel to me, the Baymont, which is a very nice hotel right there, you know, in Canton, Ohio, where the Pro Football Hall of Fame is located. Saucer Realty and Capital, one of our sponsors of the BigJReport.com and the Teal Shirt Report podcast for your real estate needs in North Florida. Whether it is home or business, that's right, home or residential real estate, business or commercial real estate, it's also realty and capital. See, Larry Saucer, he has vast experience in land appraising. That's right, vast experience in land appraising. He just sold a home here on the west side of Jacksonville out by NAS. The, the folks who bought the home got a good deal. Very nice house, you know, out probably within a mile, mile and a half of NAS. And um, so Larry's selling homes in Jacksonville, Gainesville, Lake City, Live Oak, and many, many areas in between, just about all areas in between, and even a little bit south of this line as well. LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio where it's all good. They've got Rock Saturdays on Saturday. And, you know, during the daytime, banker's hours, Monday through Friday from morning to late in the afternoon. You got very recognizable hits, very, very good songs throughout the day on LakeUfallahits.com. That's LakeUfallahits.com. 
great internet radio where it's all good. They got Hits 2000s Monday through Friday nights, Rock Saturdays on Saturday, and the deep tracks, album cuts, and unique songs late at night. LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio where it's all good. If you want to know anything at all, absolutely anything at all about the XFL 3.0, the third time around of the XFL. And let me tell you what, the XFL is now uh, into their sixth week, which means they have played longer than the 2020 XFL gang did back in 2020 when the when COVID kind of took the league down from for the most part about halfway through the season back in 2020. Uh, they only did five weeks or five games of the XFL back in 2020. The XFL this time around is now into their sixth week. The uh, the only team undefeated the the DC the DC Defenders are undefeated. They're five and zero, and I believe they actually play the Monday night game during the sixth week. They play a Monday night game. They don't have a game every Monday night, but they'll have a Monday night game sometime, a Thursday night game. But most of the games are on Saturday and Sunday. If you want to know anything at all about the XFL, go to xfltoday.net, xfltoday.net. Don't forget about Mad Max. Please don't forget about the Mad Max mix. Man, great show. Max interviewed me on the last show. Man, we had a great time. I was driving around Jacksonville. I think I was on the west side of Jacksonville, almost to Orange Park, and Max and I were talking on the phone. I parked to get something to eat, so we... You know, did the interview right there for five or ten minutes. Enjoyed talking to Max on his show. You can listen to his show. A lot going on. He'll do some interviews, but mainly plays that good music. Classic rock request. Music, pop classics from years gone on or years gone by. Great groups. Leonard Skinner, who, you know, just lost their longtime guitar player, you know, who passed away. Gary Rossington, he was 71. It was sad to hear him pass away. He was like the last of the very original members of Leonard Skinner to pass away. Had a long, good life, but all those guys are just about all gone now. Uh, but he'll the music lives on through the Mad Max mix. You can hear Leonard Skinner, Steely Dan, uh, Gary Wright with uh, Our Love is Alive, songs like that. Um, great songs, Alicia Bridges, uh, as I mentioned, Steely Dan, Max will throw in some Led Zeppelin now and then, and whatever your request is, I heard some Pink Floyd on Max's show over the last couple of weeks as well, some requested Pink Floyd too, so check out the Mad Max Mix, he plays Atlanta Rhythm Section 2, old songs by ARS, the Atlanta Rhythm Section, and many, many other groups, many, many other great songs, and Mad Max, the great thing about Mad Max Mad Max does seem to have a story about almost every song and artist he plays. Check it out, the Mad Max Mix. Wednesday night, the Wednesday night music request show. The Internet Radio Wednesday night music request show with Mad Max from 6 o'clock until 8 o'clock Central Time. That is 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock Eastern Time. Or when I was up in the, uh, when, when I used to live, now, I ran a radio station in western Georgia for many, many years. And when I was up there near the Georgia-Alabama border, it was like Alabama time and Georgia time. Although I think Phoenix City is 
is on Eastern time. One of the few cities in Alabama that's actually on Eastern time. Um, and I know in that corner that around Eufaula, Lake Eufaula, in uh, near the Alabama Georgia border, I know Lake Eufaula. Eufaula's on uh, in Alabama's on Central time. And back here in Jacksonville, meanwhile in Duval, we are we're on Eastern time. Some of the Panhandle going west, the Panhandle area. I think anything in Florida that sits under Alabama is on Central Time, and everybody, everything in Florida that sits under Georgia is on Eastern Time, as I as I understand it. Check check out the Mad Max Mix, MadMaxMix.Weebly.com. That's the MadMaxMix.Weebly.com. There's easy to click on links. Just remember to go to BigJReport.com. BigJReport.com and our neighbors two section near the concert area. Um, we have got, you know, Max's link right near the concerts we mentioned in neighbors two at BigJReport.com. There's also a link and a story in um, our outside the box section on BigJReport.com. The Mad Max Mix. Weebly.com. Check out Mad Max and his special. Mix some music, listen to Mad Max. He'll give you his phone number where you can either text him a request or call in a request. The Mad Max Mix.weebly.com, hosted by none other than Mad Max. Check out the show on Wednesday night, 6 till 8 o'clock Central Time, 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock Eastern Time. That is the Mad Max Mix. So our sponsors, the Mad Max Mix.weebly.com. LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio where it's all good. XFLToday.net, elegant time travel and dark diamond entertainment, taking you to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in June. Contact Dee Dee McDermott. And for your real estate needs in North Florida and surrounding areas and even a little bit south in North Florida, it's Saucer Realty and Capital. Whether you're buying or selling real estate, you need a good land appraiser to kind of take a look at the land and appraise it for you that you're going to buy or that you're going to sell. Contact Larry Saucer at Saucer Realty and Capital. The cool thing is you just go to our website at BigJReport.com. Scroll all the way down to where our 24-7 uh, North Florida weather information is, and you'll find a link for Saucer Realty and Capital. Hey, the final four of college basketball is set. Man, I woke up this morning on Monday morning, March 27th, and I really didn't watch much of the final four. I saw a lot of semi-pro football over the weekend, the XFL. So I'll be honest, my teams weren't playing. My bracket was busted two weeks ago, and Florida's not in it. Florida Gators are playing good baseball, though. We'll tell you that. JU. Uh, Florida and UNF all, I think, won over the weekend. Had really good weekend series in college baseball. I think the Florida Gators are 22-4 and four in baseball. But talking basketball, I know some of the Florida Gator fans and FSU Seminole fans have got to cringe. Some of them cringe. Some of them are going to root on the Florida teams, perhaps. Um, Danny, the Gators, said, hey, I hope one of the Florida teams wins it. And there's two Florida teams in the Final Four. Uh, my friend Danny the Gator, who I, I went to high school with, and he's also in our BigJReport.com Facebook group, he says he hopes one of the Florida teams do win it, even though he's a staunch Florida Gator fan. 
there's going to be Gator fans, Seminole fans, even Alabama fans now that say, man, this is terrible that we're not in there. And these teams are the ones that are in here. In the final four, you got San Diego State, believe it or not, FAU, Florida Atlantic, where Lane Kiffin and also Willie Taggart used to be the head football coach. FAU, though, they've got some talented basketball players, and they are, yes, in the final four. They're from South Florida. FAU from South Florida is in the final four. So is San Diego State. And what about Miami? Miami, Florida Hurricanes, they're in the final four, and so is UConn. I don't think there's too many people that picked that final four. Maybe UConn, possibly. I didn't have any four of those teams anywhere in my bracket. We'll talk North Florida Entertainment uh, coming up. We'll take a look at some concerts, other area sports as well. And we'll talk a little bit more about the Jaguars, too. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And again, hey, thank you for tuning in. Okay, we, we you know we've talked about Evan Ingram being franchise tagged, Jamichael Hasty, the backup running back, getting a, a nice contract to back up Travis Etienne, and Jamichael Hasty is going to play a lot. Whether you know as long as Etienne's healthy, he's Jamichael Hasty's still going to play. He made some really good runs in 2022. Then you got Snoop Connor that's been drafted at running back. And uh, then, of course, the, the free agent guy running back, Dearness Johnson, who played some with the Cleveland Browns in a, in a backup role. And Cleveland, that's one of the stronger parts of their team is their, their backfield with Nick Chubb. So Dearness Johnson basically was a backup with Cleveland. He's going to be a backup with the Jaguars. You got Travis Etienne, Jermichael Hasty, you got uh, D. Ernest Johnson. I guess D. Ernest Johnson will battle maybe. Uh, Snoop, uh, Snoop Connor, number 24. We found out on our last episode, he's number 24. We mentioned him in episode show number 24. This is episode show number 25. And um, so I, I know we got four running backs on the roster. I don't really see us having to draft a running back at this point. We're not going to draft one early. If we draft a running back, it's going to be late. You know, Snoop Connor was what a he was a fifth round pick, I believe. I believe I'm correct on that. Just kind of talking about it off the top of my head, trying to make sense out of it all. I think the running back situation is good. Travis um, Travis Etienne can play. He's got some speed. He's come back from the Liz Frank injury, and now he's going to be over a year removed from the injury once the. 2023 season starts. I feel good about the running backs. I feel pretty good if if, if Evan Ingram can stay healthy, he's going to make more money franchise tagged, and that's a great thing. Jamichael Hasty really proved he's a pretty good second string running back, and the second string running back he is going to play. You know whether Etienne's healthy or not, and let's hope Etienne is healthy. Let's hope Jamichael Hasty makes the most out of his runs he gets. 
Let's hope Snoop Connor can score a touchdown or two around the goal line or more. And maybe we got something in the Ernest Johnson. I think the Ernest Johnson, a young guy, and Snoop Connor, these are developing these are developing players. And there's an exciting thing about your starting running back. Um, Travis Etienne is that he's only going into his third year and really only his second year the, that he's played. So that's interesting. Um, again, we, you know, talked about the franchise tag for Evan Ingram, re-signing of Jermichael Hasty. There's a guy I haven't talked about on the last couple of episodes, that, uh, the last couple of episodes that I want to mention. You know, he came to mind and said, you know, I haven't really even talked about Roy Robertson Harris uh, here of late. The uh, defensive lineman, I think he's officially at times listed as a right defensive end, although I've seen uh, Trayvon Walker playing that right defensive end, especially during preseason. They were moving Trayvon Walker around. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be more pushing the pocket now and playing on the line, challenging the guards and the tackles. Got Trayvon Walker on the line and Roy Robertson Harris was re-signed he was originally with the chicago bears when the jaguars signed him he played i guess it was four years with the chicago bears the jaguars signed him as a free agent now lo and behold the guy has been with the jaguars you know a few years now and he's now 29 years old moving into his prime the cool thing about roy robertson harris you know at times people weren't really bowled over by his performance but I'm going to tell you what I was watching him about mid-season on. He put it in a higher gear, and after the Smoot injury, he seemed like he he put it even into a higher gear. So Roy Robertson Harris basically earned a new contract in the eyes of general manager Trent Baalke, and it's a pretty good contract, as I understand. It's a three-year deal. Most of the deals that, you know, they say are three years are technically two that the team can get out of it probably after two years. Um, Jaguars' Roy Robertson Harris agrees to a three-year, I believe it's about a $30 million contract extension, keeps him on the defensive line, and it probably cements what I'm talking about is the Jaguars have got to draft an offensive lineman with uh, pick number 24 is what I believe. Um, making sense out of it all, talking about the Jaguars draft, you know, all everything is pointing toward picking an offensive lineman at number 24. There's going to be some good guys available then. I think that Trent Baalke's got to look at a guy that's flexible, that can play guard, can flip the tackle, could probably start at both, a good guard, a guy that can maybe play some tackle, or vice versa. Could be a tackle that can play guard. Could be a guard that can play tackle. And that's got to be the number 24th pick. I haven't really looked at the mock drafts yet with who might be coming up. But I think it's got to be an offensive lineman. You got to replace. You really got to replace the depth that has been lost. With, of course, Javon, Javon Taylor, Jawan Taylor, I should say. I've always had trouble with his first name. Jawan Taylor has moved to Kansas City. 
He grabbed the $60 million guaranteed bag of money. And he's not going to play right tackle for Kansas City. He got left tackle money. Looks like he's going to be their left tackle. So the Jags got Cam Robinson. Got to hope Cam Robinson's um, healthy by training camp or, you know, at least before the first game of the 2023 regular season. You know, the year before last, um, you know, Cam had some nagging things where it's pregame warm-ups and, oh, my back hurts or my shoulder hurts and or my neck hurts. He had a couple of games like that in 2021. Then he got in, you know, a much more serious injury last year where he missed the rest of the, the season, but he should be back by, you know, the Jaguars are hoping he'll be full tilt by training camp or at least by game one of the 2023 season. That's your left tackle that you signed to a big extension before before last season started. Then he got hurt on you during the season. Got to be on the field. The draft looks like this, in my opinion. The offensive lineman at number 24. You still, I think, need some beef up front. Defensive line probably in round two or a safety. Maybe a safety with a third pick. Tight end slash cornerback with a fourth pick. This team is overrun with linebackers. They got linebackers galore. There are absolutely pass rushers sprinkled all over the roster, including Jordan Smith, who was who was basically hurt all last year. And that's a guy that's really gotten his opportunity. Either he's been hurt or he's just not been played. He's, uh, you know, been with the team for a couple of years now. I guess he's moving into year three with the Jaguars. And um, see what happens. He was the 121st overall selection in the 2021 NFL draft. Uh, Smith said, they told me they loved me as a player. So it was very good from the start. And that's a quote by the player. You know, about, probably about the time he got drafted, but the guy's just not seeing the field. He really didn't play the first year. He was a rookie. You know, he was not a really high draft pick. I think Jordan Smith was, what, fourth round, I believe. But this is a guy that hadn't ever played. But you, but you got him on the roster. You know, or you can get a free agent guy that can rush the passer. I mean, you take a look at Roy Robertson Harris, a guy that'll push the pocket, make the tackles. Um, and I'm not talking about total tackles now. He made a lot of total tackles, but according to some stats, I saw he's made 28 solo tackles for the Jaguars, 3.0 sacks. So he can get after the quarterback, push the pocket some. Roy Robertson Harris, he's got a new three-year, approximately 30 million dollar deal with the Jaguars. So the Jaguars re-signed some of their players. They franchise tagged Evan Ingram, re-signed Jermichael Hasty. Um they got they're keeping a lot of guys on this roster. The main three they lost I, I mentioned earlier. Juwan Juwan Taylor went to Kansas City for about sixty million dollars guaranteed. Uh, Chris Manhurts, the blocking tight end, went to Denver for pretty decent money. Not certainly nowhere near what Juwan Taylor's making with Kansas City, but uh, Chris Manhurts goes to Denver to be their blocking tight end. He, he can catch an occasional pass for Denver. Russell Wilson, I'm assuming, will still be the quarterback with Denver. They got a lot tied up in him. As far as an investment goes, draft picks, what have you. And, you know, the Jags uh, did lose Arden Key to, to Tennessee. You got to find the next Arden Key. 
the guy that wants to be on that inexpensive, hey, I'll prove it to you this year deal, and he stays with you or he goes somewhere else. I, my contention is the Jaguars could not keep both Arden Key and Evan Ingram. And you know what wins out in that deal? Because the Jags got, you know, multiple big defensive ends, defensive linemen, multiple pass rushers. It's time for Trayvon Walker to really step up in year two, in my mind. So that's some of what's going on, obviously, with the Jacksonville Jaguars here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. It's good to have you uh, tuned in. It really is. We're going to take a look at uh, concerts uh, for North Florida, semi-pro football. I, I did go to the Duval Panthers game we talked about on the last podcast, and they defeated the Orlando Phantoms 29-6 in an EAFL semi-pro football game. Enjoyed going to that game, watching Solo, my good friend Solo, return a punt for nearly 40 yards. Exciting play. There was also a kickoff return for a touchdown in the game. The game got really exciting in the fourth quarter after the Duval Panthers and Orlando battled to a defensive struggle. I think Duval was winning 7 to nothing at halftime. They went on to win the game 29-6. to As we do like to mention semi-pro football, these guys play for the love of the game. XFL uh, DC defenders, 6-0, and the only undefeated team. In, left in the XFL in 2023. And the good news about the XFL is they have now played more games than their counterpart XFL League in 2020. When COVID shortened the league, the season only lasted, you know, about half the season, five games. Now the XFL is through six games. The D- DC Defenders are the only undefeated team at 6-0. and I believe Seattle's four and two. St. Louis, I think, is four and two. Uh, Houston, I believe, is four and two. Those are your top, probably your top four teams, I believe, in the XFL. But for any info about the XFL, all you do, you simply go to xfltoday.net. That is xfltoday.net. And. We've got the standings up there. The standings are up there. The scores, most all the game scores from this season, stories, uh, videos. Check it out, xfltoday.net. I, you know, I was just kind of thinking about those standings kind of, you know, off the top of my head. Um, I do know D.C. is the only undefeated team in the league. And... I was looking at the St. Louis Battlehawks helmet. Man, that is a cool-looking helmet. Blue and white. Nice-looking helmet. They have the biggest crowds. I know the first home game they had this year, they had over 38,000 uh, fans there. Uh, if You know, the standings are interesting with, you know, the XFL, of course. Um, the USFL is going to be starting also really, really soon. So you're going to have a couple of weeks where both leagues both spring leagues are actually playing at the same time. The XFL starts in February, while the USFL starts, I believe, in April. We kind of follow the XFL more than the USFL, though, actually. So that's what we got. As far as the XFL, check us out. Check out xfltoday.net for your scores, XFL standings, and what have you. In fact, while I'm talking to you, I'll go to the website because I know the updated I know the updated standings 
I know the updated standings are on xfltoday.net. Let me pull up the standings. Here comes the XFL 2023. And let me pull up the standings for you. Okay, here we go. We got, um, yes, sir, these are the top teams. D.C. Defenders 6-0, Seattle Sea Dragons 4-2, St. Louis Battlehawks, St. Louis Battlehawks 4-2. Houston Roughnecks are 4-2. St. Louis Battlehawks have the best-looking helmet. D.C. Defenders have a have really a great fan base. Um, the Seattle Sea Dragons are finding a lot of offense and becoming an exciting team. And the Houston Roughnecks, really coached by maybe the best coach in the league and Wade Phillips. They're four and two. Those are your top four teams, probably your fifth teams. The Arlington Renegades have been on a little bit of a slide, but they still play very, very good defense. I mean, no doubt they play very, very good defense. Bob Stoops is their head coach. The um, Arlington Renegades are three and three and the fifth uh, best team record-wise in the XFL. If you want more info on the XFL, go to xfl.net. Cruise the uh, the website that's available to you, xfltoday.net. One of our sponsors here at the Teal Shirt Report podcast and bigjreport.com. So good to have you uh, tuned in with us today. Uh, we will take a look at East Coast Hockey League action. It's... Uh, Let's take a look at the East Coast Hockey League standings. Uh, been a little lull in the action. The schedule's been, um, I guess you would say the schedule's been a little off here recently. There's been a few days off. Let's take a look at where we are now uh, in the standings. The Southern Division, Greenville, the Swamp Rabbits have kind of come from way back. And the standings have been so close that you win a couple of games, man, you can move from fourth place to first place. The Greenville Swamp Rabbits with 80 total points in the standings. South Carolina Stingrays at 79 points. The Jacksonville Icemen have fallen to third place, but they're only two points out of first place. It's close. The fourth place team is going to be the Florida Everblades, 76 points. And, heck, they're only four points heck, yeah, they're only four points out of first here, okay? Because you got Greenville, the Greenville Swamp Rabbits, 80 total points in the standings in the Southern Division of the East Coast Hockey League. Greenville Swamp Rabbits with 80 total points. South Carolina Stingrays with 79. Jacksonville Iceman, 78. Florida Everblades with 76. Atlanta Gladiators in fifth place with 71 points in the standings. Orlando Solar Bears coming to life a little bit lately. They beat the Iceman. I think about three days ago, the Orlando Solar Bears beat the Iceman six to four in a high, kind of a high-scoring East Coast Hockey League game. The Orlando Solar Bears, a little bit of an up-and-down team this year. They're, they still got they still got thirty wins, thirty twenty-seven and seven overtime losses. Uh, Orlando was sixty-eight. Orlando was sixty-eight total points in the standings of the Southern Division of the East Coast Hockey League. Savannah, the uh, the new team in the East Coast Hockey League, the Savannah Ghost Pirates, pulling up the rear in seventh place in the Southern Division with 56 points. We're not going to give you all the divisions. There's like over 20 teams in the East Coast Hockey League. Jacksonville having a great year. They're in third place right now in the Southern Division. But listen to this. 37 wins, just 22 losses and three overtime losses for the Jacksonville Icemen. So that is a look at the latest East Coast Hockey League 
action. We keep up to date with the Jacksonville Iceman, the Southern Division of the East Coast Hockey League, here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And again, we certainly appreciate you tuning in. Four teams left in the NCAA basketball tournament. Man, did anybody, did anyone fathom these would be the four? FAU, that's Florida Atlantic University, FAU, the Owls, the Miami of Florida Hurricanes, and in their long history, I think this is the first time Miami of Florida has ever made it to the Final Four. Almost all the schools in the state of Florida, including JU, the Florida Gators, Florida State, have all made the Final Four in their past. The Florida Gators have won, uh, they won back-to-back national championships back in what the the um, the mid you know the mid 2000 decade the mid to late 2000 decade uh florida state's been to the title well they've been to the uh, they have been to the title they lost to ucla years ago when hugh durham was a coach at florida state uh they've been to some elite eights here recently or sweet 16s i believe the guy coaching him now just fell asleep this year. I, I don't I don't know what happened. Florida State had one of their worst years in basketball, losing like 20 games or more this year. This was a rough year. JU had a losing record. Uh, Florida had a winning record until they decided to play in the NIT tournament, and then they ended up, I think, what, 16 and 17 maybe, losing to UCF in the NIT. So it was a down year for North Florida and Northeast Florida and over, you know, over, over in the Panhandle and Tallahassee. It was even worse. 20 wins, 20 wins, um, I'm sorry, 20 losses for Florida State or more. So the teams in South Florida have had the good year. FAU's in the Final Four. That's Florida Atlantic, the FAU Owls. The Miami of Florida Hurricanes are in the Final Four. UConn is there. They, they've been there before. And then San Diego State. I think uh, UConn's probably the only team that has been in the uh, the Final Four before. But you got FAU, Miami of Florida, UConn, and, and all even even UConn that's been there in the past. They were kind of a surprise to get in. They had a good tournament, got a good team, but they've had a good tournament. UConn, San Diego State, uh, Miami of Florida, and FAU. I'm going to pick Miami. I think Miami wins their game. And I believe San Diego State probably win their game. I got Miami and San Diego State playing in the final four or the final two. Miami and San Diego State. I think I think I'm not the biggest U fan. I'm not a Miami of Florida Hurricane fan at all. I think they might win it all. I think they might be lined up to win it all, the Miami of Florida Hurricanes. But we'll see. Got four teams. And all all four of these teams, nobody really expect them expected them to be in the Final Four. I'm going to take Miami to win it all, though. That's just kind of the feeling I have that the Miami of Florida Hurricanes may go all the way to the championship game and may come back with the title. You got Miami of Florida, FAU, San Diego State, UConn playing in the Final Four. We will take a look at uh, North Florida. Entertainment with concerts coming up. I had a chance to talk with some folks with um, the uh, tribute band. There's a tribute band for Leonard Skinner. We all know Gary Rossington passed away sadly back, I believe, the day. The actual day was March 5th when he passed away, and I was very sad to learn about that. He's such a nice guy. You know, you saw Gary Rossington 
you know, and and I think Gary Rossington, you know, those guys came up, they lived the rock and roll lifestyle back in the early days. But to me, Gary Rossington really became like an elder statesman. I've seen him on interviews. What a nice guy, man. Um, sorry to see that he passed away. He lived a long life, you know, com- relatively speaking to the rest of the members of the band. He, he lived a long time. He was uh, 71 when he passed away. We'll take a look at concerts coming up. Again, the sad news we've been reporting on the last few podcasts is Leonard Skinner's Gary Rossington. Leonard Skinner's guitar player Gary Rossington passed away sadly a few days ago back on March 5th of 2023. Rossington will be missed by his family, friends, and his many fans. And again, there's no doubt. I mean, just the facts. He he lived longer than most of the band members did. Some of the band members, including Ronnie Van Zant, passed away in the 1977 Sadly, in the 1977 plane crash in Mississippi while they were on tour and the plane went down during the tour when they were on the way to, you know, to another stop along the tour. Rest in peace, Gary Rossington. What a fantastic uh, group who did their farewell show at TIA Bank Field in Jacksonville, Florida. Just a couple of years ago, guitarist Gary Rossington was 71. Don't forget to tune in for the Mad Max mix, and Mad Max will play some Leonard Skinner songs, the big ones. Um, I think the biggest one for me was What's Your Name? What's Your Name? You you remember that song? Little Girl, What's Your Name? Uh, That was probably the big one for me. Sweet Home Alabama is such a big song. Um, You know, Free Bird, um, and Gary Rossington's a free bird celebrating you know, in heaven with uh, Ronnie Van Zant now and the rest of the band members that, you know, sadly that have passed on. Uh, remember to tune in for the Mad Max mix. Mad Max will play Leonard Skinner for you. He'll play the big songs. What's your name? Sweet Home, Alabama, Free Bird. And he uncovers some of the album tracks like Poison Whiskey and a few others. Check out Mad Max. He'll play your favorite Leonard Skinner song. Plays 38 Special, Steely Dan, um, what else have I heard Max play? Gary Wright, the Atlanta Rhythm Section, and many, many other songs. And on the Mad Max Mix Internet uh, Radio Show, the Mad Max Mix Internet uh, Radio Wednesday Night Musical Quest Show, it's uh, seven o'clock until nine o'clock Eastern Time. That's six o'clock until eight o'clock PM Central Time. And again, it uh, can be accessed at www.madmaxmix.weebly.com. A big one, a big concert that just concluded uh, here in the past week. The Eagles and the Hotel California Tour came to Jacksonville, Florida, back on Saturday night, March 25th of 2023 at the Star Veterans Memorial Arena in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Um, Here's another good one. I've been telling you about, let's see, Natalie Merchant. Natalie Merchant will be in St. Augustine. On April 28th, Natalie Merchant on Friday night, April the 28th of 2023 at the St. Augustine, Florida. That's at the St. Augustine Amphitheater in St. Augustine, Florida. Expect a good show in this one. Uh, Zach Bryan, May 23rd at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena. And I've been communicating with this tribute band, basically a Skinner 
tribute band that uh, I noticed was out there and we talked to them and messaged with them and they're called um, Freebird ATL. Tribute band Freebird ATL will be in Jacksonville, Florida. And it's, hey, there's pressure. When you're a Leonard Skinner tribute band and you're coming to Jacksonville, Florida, there's going to be pressure to perform. But they love the music, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. And they've got some, actually some big-time band members in this group. So check them out. Tribute band Freebird ATL will be in Jacksonville, Florida in a few weeks at Underbellies. I, I've heard of Underbellies, was not that familiar with it, so I asked them about Underbellies. Tribute band Freebird ATL will be in Jacksonville, Florida in a few weeks at Underbellies on June 17th of 2023. Freebird ATL told Big J Report that Underbellies is located here in Jacksonville, Florida at 113 East Bay Street. That's in downtown Jacksonville. And uh, Freebird ATL went on to say one of the members told me um, it will be our first time there at Underbellies. It'll be our first time at Underbellies there. Uh, It will be our first time there at Underbellies, according to Freebird ATL. Freebird ATL, by the way, will be touring many cities across the nation. And that's a look at some of the North Florida Entertainment. Thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I appreciate you guys tuning in very, very much. Got some clouds that have moved into Jacksonville on this uh, March 28th. And we got about a 50-50 chance of getting some rain. Mostly cloudy skies moving in. Going to get cooler again tonight. Looks like the high temperature on, let's see, on March 28th. This is March 28th. Did I say the 29th? This is is March 28th. Tuesday, March 28th. High temperature around 84. A little cooler tonight, low 59. And we got about a 50-50 chance of getting some rain. Winds um, southwest to west at about five to nine miles per hour. That's the weather here in North Florida, you know, in particular Jacksonville, Florida. Thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, and other area sports. This has been episode show number 25. When I think of 25, I think about a quarter in my pocket. <laughs> 25 cents, right? I didn't come up with a number number 25 this time. Maybe we'll review a number 25 on 26. But this has been episode show number 25 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Our show, by the way, has been eloquently produced by Alex Nunnery. And he'll tell me to tell you that JU is hotter than fire in college baseball. I think they're 18 and 8. Florida Gators are even hotter at like, what? what's Florida, 24 and 4? UNF has been winning. I believe they've got a winning record now. So college baseball well in gear. As of March 28, 2023, Florida is off to a sizzling start at about 24 and 4. JU's 18 and 8. And UNF has uh, won a couple of games over Stetson to get their record over 500. You've been listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for listening. Again, our show has been eloquently produced by Alex Nunry. And by our executive producer, JC, John Gaylor, thanks for all the help. We'll do a shout-out list on our next episode. Thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I'm your host, Scott. Hey, have a great day.